Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows us how to tear down the walls that separate us from God. One of the purposes in which Jesus came to fulfill the mission of his Father was the purpose of tearing down walls. Jesus is a wall breaker. And if we are to be the people of God, we also need to learn what it means to tear down walls. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Have you ever felt like an outsider? Maybe you moved to a new neighborhood or started a new job. Maybe you're starting a new school. You may feel like you're on one side of a wall and everyone else is on the other. Mark, let's talk about that here today. Yeah, Wayne, there are walls that separate a lot of people in different ways. One of the most obvious wall is the one that separates man from God. Yes. And that has to come down first. But when that wall comes down, it actually leads to the tearing down of a lot of other walls Mm -hmm. around us. Jew, Gentile, slave, free, men, women, black and white, Hispanic, Asian. God is a wall breaker. Well, let's see what the scripture says about this in Ephesians chapter 2 with Mark now, our message, Tearing Down Walls. Here's Mark Job with Bold Steps. One of the tools used to tear down walls is called a sledgehammer. You know, walls are interesting, aren't they? We build walls normally for protection. We build walls because we want something kept out. And we build doors because we want to allow something to come in. There's famous walls like East Germany from West Germany was divided by the Berlin Wall. One of the most famous walls was the, or is, the wall in China, the Great Wall in China. A year and a half ago, I was able to go to China for some studies that I was doing, and I actually was able to walk on the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China took 200 years to build. Hundreds of thousands of people worked on that Great Wall made out of mud and mud bricks. The Wall of China is 6,700 miles long. And if you look at the terrain that it was built on, it's just incredible that without tools that we have in our modern day world that they were able to create this incredible wall going up and down mountains that would span such a large large cycle. In fact, it's the only man-made edifice that is able to be seen from outer space with the naked eye. You know why the emperor of China built The wall of China, protection. He believed that there was going to be invasion from Genghis Khan and that he needed to protect themselves from outside forces. And so he created this wall for protection. You and I have walls. Oh, they're not 
physical walls with bricks, but everybody has walls, invisible walls. Uh, we put up walls towards uh, people in our life that have hurt us, towards that family member that you just kind of can't stand. And so at a family gathering, you got that wall up. Oh, yeah, you'll say hi, but you know that wall is up. Hey, don't get too close because I know what happened last time you get close. There's walls sometimes in marriages. I just prayed with a couple at our last service that is tearing down walls, even in their own marriage. There's walls that we have in our life. Uh, sometimes just we put a barrier of walls around us because some people walk with a wall around them thinking that if people really got to know you, they wouldn't like you. And so although you meet a lot of people, you keep people at a distance. Never let anybody get too close because you feel if they really know the real me, they'll reject me. There's walls all around this place. The city of Chicago is known for some of its invisible walls. When I first came to Chicago to the southwest side, people showed me a neighborhood and they said, you see this viaduct? On this side of the viaduct, it's all white. On that side of the viaduct, it's all black. Now, there's no sign that says whites only, no sign that says blacks only, but there's like this invisible wall. People know you don't live in that neighborhood and you don't live in that neighborhood. If you're this color, you don't live over here. If that color, you don't live over there. It's an invisible wall of racial divide, but it's a wall nonetheless. The thing about Jesus is that one of the purposes in which Jesus came to fulfill the mission of his father was the purpose of tearing down walls. Jesus is a wall breaker. And if we are to be the people of God, we also need to learn what it means to tear down walls. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 is all about. It's really about tearing down walls. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 2 as the Apostle Paul talks to uh, these folks about the walls that need to be torn down. If you're taking notes this morning, just write this down. Breaking down walls. What do you need to know about breaking down spiritual walls? The first thing you need to know is that the wall is a part of everybody's story at one time or another. Notice what Paul says. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, you know what a Gentile is? A Gentile is a non-Jewish person. So you who were Gentiles, a non-Jewish person, by birth, you were called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision. Remember that at a time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. What the Apostle Paul wants to remind these believers that he's talking to, he wants to remind them that at one time they were on, listen, they were on the other side of the wall. All of us at one time have been outsiders. How about it? You say, oh, not me, Pastor. 
And I'm like the ultimate popular insider. No, 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 no. So you've been an outsider too. Everybody's been an outsider at one time or another. Hey, when you transferred to the school in the middle of the school year, class had already started. Everybody knew where they were seated. Immediately at a lunch table, the clans and cliques all sat together. But there you were with your lunch tray. The new kid, the outsider, wondering, should I sit at that table or that table? Will they accept me? Where do I belong and where do I fit in? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The outsider. Maybe you were new at that job and just hired, and when you got to that floor and all your coworkers were there, you knew you were the outsider. You knew that everybody had their friends and talked a certain language and they knew the system, but you didn't know the system because you're what? You're the outsider. Or maybe you moved into that neighborhood and everybody seems to have lived in that neighborhood forever and everybody knows each other's kids and everybody knows each other's names, but you drive up and suddenly the conversation gets quiet and no one seems to acknowledge you. You see, you're a foreigner, you're an outsider, you don't belong, you're on the other side of the wall. There's nothing more intimidating than going to some event and walking in by yourself and everybody's talking in cliques and groups of people, but there you are, not really knowing anybody in the room, feeling a little bit like, I don't want to just stand here and look dumb. Best thing to do in those situations, get a cup of coffee. At least you are doing something. Something about just having something in your hand that feels like at least I'm not just standing there like this. I'm sipping my coffee. But there's something extremely intimidating about being in a place where you don't know people and it doesn't seem like people want to know you because you're on the other side of the wall. The other side of the wall. You're the outsider, not the insider. Paul is talking to believers. He's talking to Christian, Gentile, non-Jewish people, and he's reminding them, never forget that at one time in your life, you also were on the other side of the wall. Never forget, now that you're an insider, never forget what it felt like to be an outsider, because it wasn't that long ago that you were on the outside of the wall. It wasn't that long ago that you didn't really understand the things of God, that you didn't really have Christ, that you didn't understand his promises, that you were without the hope of God in the world. It wasn't long ago that people looked at you. There was a divide, by the way, between the Jews and the Gentiles. And in order to understand this, I have to give you a little bit of, of, of historical perspective. Of course, you know that Jesus was born a Jew, right? Right? I know you've seen the paintings. He looks like a German with blue eyes and blonde hair. But let me tell you, that's not what Jesus looked like. Oh, that's a medieval painting of Jesus. I can guarantee you Jesus wasn't white, blonde, and blue-eyed. That wasn't Jesus. He was probably more than likely olive-complected skin, dark hair, like you would find in a, mid, in a Middle Eastern culture, Jewish individual. And that's the image 
really, of Jesus. He wasn't movie star looking either. The Bible says he had no stately form or majesty that we would gaze upon him. It wasn't like he was, whoa, here is the latest Jewish movie star either. He was just a normal, natural individual, physically speaking. But he was born of Jewish descent. You could trace his roots all the way back to the lineage of King David. And when Jesus was born, he never really traveled beyond 60 miles from his hometown. The 12 disciples that he chose were Jewish men. He ministered primarily in the context of Jewish people. Why? Not that Jesus wanted to exclude non-Jewish people, but he came unto his own, first of all, to give the message to them. And the Bible says he came into his own, but his own received him not. And then to them he gave the right to become the sons of God to ever, whoever believed on him. So he came first of all to the Jewish people who were the chosen people of God from generations previous through Abraham. He came to the Jewish people and he gave them the first opportunity to respond to his message. But he always, the gospel always came first to the Jew, but then it expanded to the non-Jewish, to the Gentile. And you have to understand that as you read the New Testament because a lot of the writings of Paul are directed in that direction. You're listening to Mark Job here on Bold Steps. We will continue today's message in just a moment, but don't forget, if you ever miss our message here on the radio, you can always catch up online at boldstepsradio.org. You know, Mark, something I love about our Bold Steps listeners is how engaged they are with the program. We often receive letters and emails and all sorts of encouraging comments and questions. Here's a question from Randy, who says, I've listened to the series about baptism. Question, does the Holy Bible say anything about the fate of children or even adults who are born with mental or physical impairments, such as Down syndrome or cerebral palsy, etc., who never talked or walked? Yeah, Randy, thank you for that question. And I've had people ask me on multiple occasions about this. So let me first of all say that a person is a person of dignity and value before the Lord. Mm -hmm. So even if someone is handicapped, they still have a spirit and they still have a soul. Right. John the baptizer within his mother's womb, he was full of the spirit uh, in his mother's womb. And so um, there's a spirit, there's a soul. Sometimes our mental capacity is limited, and I would say this, that for a person with Down syndrome, and I've run into various degrees, and I've seen uh, Down syndrome uh, children and adults that in a simple way grasp the gospel and have a fervent faith in Jesus. But if someone is more disabled and maybe low functional, I think as a parent what we need to do is speak truth into their life at whatever level they can comprehend. I believe their spirit is affected by your prayer, and I believe that at whatever level they're able to understand the gospel, even if it's a very, very minimal, simple level, I still believe that faith in a child, which is simple, can be as powerful as an adult that understands it maybe in a more complex way. And so I believe that when someone has the ability to comprehend, enough to understand, and say yes to Jesus, then they have the ability to be baptized. 
A baby obviously can't comprehend, and I don't believe that God holds someone responsible until they are able to have enough cognizance and mental faculty to be able to understand the difference between good and evil. In the case of cerebral palsy, of course, the the intellect is there. Yes. The, the physical body just isn't able sometimes. And I'm sure the Lord understands that, right? We baptized a woman uh, who had cerebral palsy, and it was one of the most powerful baptisms that we've had. Oh, she excellent. Uh, had, to be, uh, had to be lifted and put down in there. And um, she has passed away, but she was actually pregnant at her baptism, and it was one of the most powerful baptisms that I remember, this woman in a wheelchair, and her daughter is now alive and well and following the Lord. And so, yes, I believe that God can work powerfully in men and women with disabilities. Uh, That must have been a very special baptism indeed. Thank you, Mark. Well, if you're listening today and if you'd like to get more connected with the Bold Steps ministry, one of the best ways of doing that is by joining us as a Bold Partner and becoming a part of the team by supporting this ministry with a monthly gift of any amount. Now, if you choose to give a gift of $30 or more each month, you'll qualify for a 50% discount on all Moody Publishers resources, including children's books, devotionals, Bible commentaries, and more, available at moodypublishers.org. You'll also receive a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call, along with an exclusive bi-weekly email from Mark. It contains inspiring lessons and videos. We call it the Bold Partner Post. So sign up today to become a Bold Partner by visiting boldstepsradio.org. Now, let's return to our message. Here's Mark Job with more Bold Steps. Now, what you may not understand is that there was an extreme bias, prejudice, and racial divide between Jews and non-Jews. In fact, if you read some of the Jewish literature of the time, some of the Jewish writers of the time indicated that God had created Gentiles for the sole purpose of fueling the fires of hell. It was unlawful for a Jew to help a Gentile woman give birth for, this, for simply the fact that she would be helping another Gentile into the world. In the days of Jesus, a Jewish man would pray this prayer in the synagogue. He would say, thank you, Lord, that you did not, that I was not born a Gentile. And thank you, Lord, that I was not born a woman. Because there was extreme bias towards women as well in the days of Jesus. If you went to the temple, even the temple itself showed that there was division. Uh, The temple had the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was a place divided by a curtain, a heavy curtain. Behind that heavy curtain in the Holy of Holies area was the Ark of the Covenant that had the tablets of the Ten Commandments and a few other artifacts that had been part of Israel's history. And it was a sacred place, a place which was considered the place where God would dwell in a manifest special way. Only the high priest would allow to go into the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement. Before he went into the Holy of Holies, he had to sacrifice and make sure that he was cleansed. He wore robes, and at the bottom of that robe, there were little bells. 
Well, the bells would indicate movement. As he moved around, people knew that he was busy about. Once he went behind the curtain, you could hear the bells moving as he went about his sacrificial duties. But they also would tie a rope around his ankle just in case he had not done everything right and he was struck dead by the power of God and no one could go in to retrieve the body. They had a rope around the ankle so that they could drag the body out in case God struck him dead. I mean, not a job that everybody would want. Definitely discourage church attendance nowadays, right? But outside of that court, the Holy of Holies, then there was another court. It was a court of men. Jewish men, only Jewish men, were allowed to go into that court of men. They were permitted to go into that court. And further away from the Holy of Holies, then there was the court of women. Jewish women were allowed to enter into that court, but not into the court of men and not into the Holy of Holies. And then further out, way out here, there was the court of Gentiles. If you were a non-Jewish person, you were only allowed into the court of Gentiles, not into the court of women, not in the court of men, not into the Holy of Holies. You were way out there in the court of Gentiles. If you so happen to be someone that said, I want to get closer to the Holy of Holies, but yet I'm Gentile, and you would go into the court of women or go into the court of men, Jewish law prescribed that you would be executed for violating that law. In fact, in 1871, the archaeologists, in doing diggings around the Temple Mound, discovered a rock that had been engraved with this warning. No man of another race is to proceed within the partition and enclosing wall about the sanctuary. Anyone arrested there will have himself to be blamed for the penalty of death which will be imposed as a consequence. In other words, if you were a non-Jew deciding to go into that wall, you would be penalized with death. Now that helps you understand a little bit of the divide that existed in the religious community between the Jews and the Gentiles. You're listening to Bold Steps, the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and today's message is titled, Tearing Down Walls. You can hear part two of this message on Monday's program, so please keep listening. And of course, if you ever have trouble joining us on the radio for any of these Bible teachings, we've made it easy to listen when it's convenient by going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Now, Mark, with all the things that are seemingly going on against our faith these days, let me ask, do you ever get discouraged? You know, it's easy to see the dark clouds surrounding and sometimes to get a little anxious, but I'm always reminded God is in control. He is sovereign. He is on the throne. I grew up in a country when my parents were church planting where we had both population and governmental authorities opposed to us. We had to meet in a horse stable, and my father was taken into the secret police and interrogated. Goodness. And windows were broken. They tried to burn our doors down. And so I felt some of that oppression that was there. But let me tell you, the end story was that God came through, and we saw literally hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people come to Christ, churches planted. 
even in a dark setting, God is sovereign and in control when his people bravely speak the gospel. And you had a great example in your dad and your mom, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you want to be the same example of courage for those around you, we want to help equip you to do just that by sending you a book titled Brave by Faith. Alistair Begg takes us back to the time of Daniel when God's people were under pressure to compromise in their beliefs or simply cave in. Alistair helps us consider what gave Daniel such confidence to stand firm and remain faithful in the face of so much opposition. And we need that kind of faith today. So that's why we want to get you a copy of Brave by Faith right away. We'll send you a copy of the mail when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just call us at 844-615-7363 to donate today. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online and request the book Brave by Faith when you go to boldstepsradio.org. And you can even mail your gift to us by writing to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Don't forget, sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional that comes out every Monday. It's the Bold Stepper Weekly, and you can join hundreds of listeners all across the country who are starting their week off right and getting a behind-the-scenes look at all the things that are in Mark's heart and mind. Sign up is quick and easy online when you go to boldstepsradio.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we'll see you tomorrow for part two of today's message, Tearing Down Walls. That's coming up Tuesday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.